I was in deals the other day looking to see if you can get a, a good mount for the phone. You know, <laughs> I've been on Tinder lately trying to see if I could get a good mount. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you didn't cost you one forty nine, did it? <laughs> or maybe it, well, it depends. It depends what cost you put on your mental health. <laughs> having to deal with Tinder <laughs> or deals. <laughs> This is Straight Talking Mental Health, a weekly podcast where we're exploring mental health in a way that we can all understand. I'm Peter Dunn. I am Alan Clark. Alan Clark with two L's. You know, yeah. there's your notions now. You know, no, look at, look at I, this I, loud with an extra is? L. Do you know what that is? That is absolute notions. <laughs> a client that has me, well, probably last year or something like that, client says to me, he goes, why do you spell your name with two L's? I was like, I don't know. So that's just that's just what the parents did. Like, I said, and uh, but did you ever find out why? And I was like, I actually didn't. <laughs> so this this went on for a while. It's just like you have to find out that that that's your job now. This week, he says you have to ask your mammy why you got called Alan with two wells. And this was going on for ages. Like, well, did you find out? I was like, nah, shite. I never forgot all about it. So I actually I actually asked my mom, and it wasn't that long ago. I said, why did you spell my name with two wells? Like, oh, just to be different. Like, oh, fucking thanks a lot. Like, yeah. just just to ensure I'll never be able to buy a mug or a T-shirt with my name on it. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll forever be spelled wrong on any sort of document that's, that is required. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, it is, it's absolute notions. Me mammy and her notions. Ridiculous. And then uh, there used to be a football player called Alan Clark. He used to play for Leeds. Oh. And me ma used to go into the same butchers, you know, the usual thing back in the day. You go into the butchers on a Saturday or whatever, mm. same one every week. But you're, the butcher used to be in there and he, was, he used to be a Leeds fan every single fucking week. Oh, Alan Clark used to play for Leeds. Da, 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 da. And even as a young lad, I was going, Will you fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same shit every week, Mr. Butcher Man. <laughs> it's the same when you're watching Leeds. It's the same shit every week. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, football oh, joke, yeah. topical. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't after LL Cool J, no? It could be. That's could what be. I'm gonna say. Let yeah. Ladies love Kool Aid. Kool Aid. Kool Aid. Yeah. Not Kool Aid. Just Kool Aid. Uh, I can't attest how much the ladies love me. (laughs) (laughs) Tinder options have been a bit slow on the lockdown, you know. (laughs) You need to take out that L, dude. You need to take out that L. It's holding you back. Imagine that's what it was. I changed my name on Tinder to Alan Wall L, and next thing the fucking phone is blowing up. (laughs) (laughs) He lost his notions quick. Get him, you know. (laughs) Uh, I'll always have notions. Mm. And good, and rightly so. So if this is the first time you're joining us, <laughs> You're very welcome along to the Notions yeah, podcast. The sort of shit you have to listen to. <laughs> if you've been with us from the start, then uh, you'll have heard this before. But many thanks for your support. Um, the intention behind this podcast is to reach as many people as possible and break the stigma around mental health. For my sake, for my family's sake, for my wife's sake, my friends, strangers. And what better way to do it for me than if you got a mate here who is a psychotherapist. It's cool. And getting therapy for free. It's brilliant. <laughs> so join me on this journey. It's excellent. <laughs> this week, we're talking about anxiety. What causes it? What happens? How we can deal with it? But before we get into that, 
how's your grey matter been in the last week there dude uh fucking getting busy in work I was going to ask you the same question so we've been on the, we've been on yeah. I was going to ask you something similar <laughs> uh, yeah no this week uh, I was a bit a little bit raw after the last one after we did the, the suicide that that that, that mm. uh, episode took it on me I was exhausted after that obviously dealing with a, a, a very heavy heavy topic yeah, um, yeah I was just kind of exhausted uh, during the week work is getting busy again uh, obviously lockdown everything is getting back to normal again yeah so. yeah but apart from that I was I was, I was lashing out The Last of Us 2 um, that, 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 that I like playing video games um, good, good, good bit of escapism mm-hmm. Um I did my I did my dissertation for my masters on video game addiction when I was doing my masters, and this was kind of at a time when Fortnite and stuff was was the big game. All all the parents will be familiar with it. Oh, the fucking child is hooked on mm. Fortnite and stuff like that. And a lot of the parents in in my class were going on about the video game addiction and how their child is like an antichrist and stuff. And I was like, well, hang on a second, I've played video games since literally the eighties, you know, on, on a little spectrum computer at home and. Um, kind of fell in and out of it over the years, and so I just decided to do my research on that. And mm. um, that's and something we should do a topic on: video game addiction. Yeah, internet gaming disorder. To mm. give it its correct title. Ah, there you go. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the problem with and the problem with that is that a lot of the criteria for video game addiction is based on substance addiction. So it talks about withdrawal and stuff like this, which mm. is you know it's a bit silly because it's you know they're basing that off. Oh, well, we just use the same diagnosis that we use for um, drinking or drugs or stuff like that, or uh, gambling, gambling addiction as well, one of the other behavioural ones. So that's that's what I was doing with that, trying to trying to get do a little bit in the garden, mm. uh, getting frustrated with the shitty weather, just yeah. as I'm starting to get into my garden. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, my flowers are gone to shit. <laughs> I'm trying to get James into it as well, so um, have him help me cut the flowers and, and, and stuff like that. Brilliant, yeah. So that was that was basically my kind of week. How about yourself? What, what's been going on with you? I had a few days off work, which is cool mm. because mm. um got to spend a good bit of time with the kids. Like, we all mm. spend time together now because we're working from home all the time with the kids. Mm. But it was just great to have that bit of freedom to go, I don't have to go check my emails. I don't have to go do this. Because a lot of my work mm. would be mm. time sensitive. Yeah. So yeah. I always have to be very close by to do a lot of bits and bobs that have to go out on air. So mm. it was great to just be able to kind of Pal around with the kids all the time, dig into games, make things, play with things, jump around, have a bit of crack, play a bit mm, of music. Mm, <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? It was just brilliant to have that freedom. Um, yeah, and it yeah. did feel like a holiday because, you know, when you're due to go back to work and you just feel refreshed and you're actually looking forward to going back to work. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like, Have you hit that point? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm looking forward. <laughs> I, like, I, I love my job. For anybody who yeah, doesn't know, yeah. I work in radio, I'm a producer, presenter as well. And I just find that when you tune out is when you get all your ideas. Yeah, yeah. You get a bit creative and you go, oh, that's a good idea. I must write it down. I must email myself or whatever. What they call it. The, that thing of, you know, a lot of ideas come to people when they're in the shower and stuff like that. Because mm. when you take your mind off the problem, it just it allows you that time instead of being so focused on it. Yeah, yeah. Narrowly, you know, a narrow kind yeah. of field of vision that when you're distracted doing something else, something just goes, you're like, mm. oh, oh, shit, yeah. My dad always has a good expression. It's like painting a wall. You have to stand back from it and look every so often and see what spots you've missed. Mm. You know, if you're too close to the wall, you can't see anything. But when you step yeah, back and you yeah, look, yeah. have a broader view, you can go, okay, I missed a spot over here. Let's fix this. Mm. You know? Daddy done dropping knowledge. There you huh? go. Dropping straight <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Mic <Might> drop. <laughs> Boom. 
But uh, it's funny, actually. Do you know what, you know what kind of gets me? Do you ever see the missing dogs on Facebook? You know, people posting up pictures mm-hmm. to say this dog mm-hmm. is missing from this area yeah. or whatever. I, just, I don't know. I just, have a, I just have a soft spot for when dogs are missing. Because I always think that there's a small child somewhere crying because... The dog hasn't come home, you know what I mean? And people are liking and sharing these, going, you know, if yeah, you yeah. let us know if you see this collie here. And he's like, yeah. I just can't help looking and going, oh, no, somebody missing a poor dog. <laughs> My ma's the queen of them. Um, yeah. Share, sharing those kind of posts. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. the dog would be in fucking Oregon or Texas. <laughs> 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 like, Jesus Christ, Matt, read, read the text. Like. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you mention it, actually. Um, uh, I remember a few years ago, my aforementioned dad got a dog and he lives on his own. So he said he always wanted to have a dog. And um, I said, oh, very good. So he rang me one day and he said, um, I've, uh, I'm out of getting a dog. Said, oh, very good. Uh, sure, pop around and have a look. And Grant, sure, popped around. <laughs> this lovely little Jack Russell, uh, white guy with a black spot on. So my dad, being as creative as ever, said, uh, uh, I think I'll call him Spot. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sounds good. So uh, <laughs> the next day I got a call off him. And he said, uh, are you around? I said, uh, yeah, I am, yeah. Hey, you wouldn't pop up to me for five minutes, give me a hand with something. Yeah, yeah, Grant. Okay. So popped up to him and he was, uh, me dog's missing. What do you mean missing? I'll let him out the back to go to the toilet and he's missing. Oh, for feck's sake. So we wandered around for about an hour look for this dog. Mm. Not a hope in hell. I said, look, I'll pop back to you tomorrow. We'll have another look. And uh, if you have a photograph or anything to stick up on Facebook. No. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I uh, <laughs> coming back from work the next day. And lo and behold, who did I see in the way back? Walking along. Little spot. Yeah, little spot. Hey. Walking along the footpath. And uh, so I pulled the car over and uh, went over and spot, spot, come here, good boy, good boy, come here, good boy, come on, come on, come here, good boy, good boy. And uh, no, kind of looked at me and went, fuck this, and kept walking. Yeah, and went yeah, quicker yeah. and quicker with these little legs, you know. <laughs> and uh, next of all, he swung and left into a house. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I can't go into this bloody big mm-hmm. driveway in this house up to the door. So, grand, no, I'll go in. Come on, good boy, good boy, good boy, spot. And he's leaning up again the, the front door, you know, like terriers do. Yeah, little yeah. paw in the air, you know. As a, I'm yeah. submitting to you, I said, oh, "Good boy, come here, good boy." He picked him up and he was, popped him in the car, rang the elf fella, said, "Are you home?" Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. Grand, I have a surprise for you. Oh, good, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, sure. See you then. Popped up, knocked at the door with the dog in hand. Look who I found. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean? knew it was going there. Who's I that? knew it was going there. <laughs> said it's your dog. <laughs> hey, no. Open door to the sitting room. That's my dog. <laughs> dog napping <laughs> so what the fuck am I supposed to do with this yo he goes you should probably bring him back from where you got him yeah that house you just robbed him from <laughs> but I did I I had a cup of tea and a biscuit and I said look I'll pop back <laughs> you love a tea and a biggie don't you, you oh yeah no I'm mad about tea and a biggie <laughs> tea and a biggie but I uh, <laughs> went back up to the house I didn't know if that was a dog's house or what I said I'll knock and see what the crack is and uh, <laughs> knocked on the door and uh, before the chance to open my mouth this old woman answered I went uh, <gasps> brownie brownie <laughs> I went uh, is this your dog by any chance oh, oh thank you so much oh granny I seen him down in the roundabout uh, just beside the hospital and it's a, it's lethal down there oh you're blessing to God and you you're so good brings oh, the dog she goes hold on there hold on there comes back out 
Gives me a fiver. Oh! <laughs> you fucking dog <laughs> It's like seven, uh, seven psychopaths. That's the, the, the movie <laughs> where they rob, where they kidnap the dogs and then wait, there's a ransom and then they get the ransom no way. that they've taken. Well, you did could have, I could have I invented that. Yeah. <laughs> no, Jeez. I said, no, I can't take your money. No, I can't, I can't it's take going, your no, you're money because I've just taken your dog. <laughs> <laughs> I never felt so low in all my life. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Dogs are great, though. I yeah, had a brilliant. dog, I had to get had to get rid of her because James has asthma. Oh no. And uh, thankfully break. So my dog literally she went to the farm. Literally. <laughs> oh good. Claire. Yeah, yeah. My friend Claire, her um family have a farm and her brother was looking for a dog. Um so he, he took he took Evie. Um, oh lovely. And uh, oh man, I bawled my eyes out. Bawled oh, yeah. my eyes out yeah. and the dog yeah. off. I I'd had the dog for seven years, you know. The oh, majority of the time it was just myself and myself and Evie. Yeah. And hand it over, I got back into the car and it bawled my eyes out. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. great Dogs great are, yeah, they're incredible. Yeah. They know you yeah. better than you know yourself. Oh, in yeah. Fairness, yeah. you know. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's what, that's what gets me missing dogs on Facebook yeah. even if I am the cause of well, some of them <laughs> add me my on Facebook and you can see if there's dogs missing in, in America <laughs> brilliant I will do I'll be constantly depressed yeah. amen <laughs> so come here have a look around all the podcasts and you'll see a range of topics we're covering in relation to mental health you can find us on Facebook we're on Twitter we're on Instagram as well our email if you want to get in touch we'd love to hear from you is straighttalkingpodcast at gmail.com so today we're going to talk about anxiety so tell me if you can in one sentence what is anxiety um someone someone had given me a good one before that uh fear is afraid of something anxiety is afraid of nothing and i don't mean anxiety is a double hard bastard that it's not afraid of anything but it's it's a psychological threat so fear is a response to a physical threat anxiety is a response to a psychological threat so it's it's the perceived threat that that we have and that we have in our minds so is anxiety like um worrying about something that won't happen yeah or that may not happen or that it's may very unlikely happen. to happen yeah 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 i mean essentially it's that what if what if mm. what if this happens what if that happens what if what if what if is it nearly a fear of making either the wrong decision or doing the wrong thing at that precise moment are people trying to preempt a situation and go this is how we'll deal with this situation i'm afraid if i don't deal with it properly there will be implications yeah i mean yeah basically because our brain our brain is there your brain's not there to make you happy your brain is there to keep you safe (laughs) and and it's fulfilled that job over millions and millions of years of evolution you know before we were humans primates Mm. You know, mammals, you know, reptiles, the, the, the human brain has involved on top of everything that's, that's, that's come before us with the sole function to keep us alive. Stay alive long enough to pass on your genetic code. Mm. Now, the, the brain that we have, this, you know, by 1.2, 1.3 kilo cauliflower that, that exists inside your skull, like it's, it's brilliant thanks to the, the bit, more so the, the bit behind your forehead and the bit at the, at the top of your skull, the kind of mohawk. Uh, the prefrontal cortex and the neocortex. And that's that's so good at keeping us safe that it can make shit up that might be unsafe. So we can we can imagine scenarios that, that might be unsafe. What if this happens? What if that mm. happens? Um, and that's, that's how brilliant our, our, our brain is. If you suffer now, from anxiety, do you overuse that? 
Oh yeah, yeah. And you okay. ask anyone that that has anxiety, they're usually exhausted right. um, because our our bodies, you know, we're just energy. Um, and and I and I don't mean that in the hippy dippy bullshit. Oh yeah, man, you're giving off you know giving off the good energy and all positive that vibes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's not. I mean, we you know that thing that energy can't be created. You know, it just takes on a different form, stuff like that. Um, we take in calories that gives us energy, and we and we burn off that energy. Our brain alone uses about if if you think of your body as a battery. So say that's a hundred percent. Our brain uses about a quarter of that. Hmm. Which is why, and I'm sure you know, you know, you know, from working at home, being on being on the laptop, there's days you can you can come off, or you might be doing paperwork, or you might be doing you know emails stuff like that, and you'd be as exhausted as if you were out digging a field. Yeah, true. Yeah, because you're constantly thinking, your brain is constantly using calories. Yeah, um, to 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 function. Sometimes you hear people say, "Oh, sure, you just work in an office, all you're doing is hitting buttons." Mm, 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 so that's mm. not stressful. Yeah, yeah. And mm. this, yeah, and that's that's the thing. Actually, that's that's a good point to make. The difference between stress and anxiety. Um, so stress is usually it's it's a response or a reaction rather to external factors. So like that. So if you've got a if you've got a deadline coming up in work, after that has passed, generally speaking, your your stress goes away. Mm. Anxiety is um, anxiety is an internal. So the, where if stress, the, the source of stress tends to be external factors, the source of anxiety tends to be internal. Okay. So it's coming from your own head mm. and it, does, it doesn't go away, yeah. you know, just because the, the external factor has gone away. So if you're stressed coming up to the leave insert, your stress levels will, will pass, you know, after the after leave insert. If you've got a, uh, a project and work or something like that or a meeting, stress levels tend to go away after, after yeah. the fact. Anxiety is not like that. Anxiety then will be, Oh, what am I going to do for college? Oh, what if I don't get enough points? What if, you know, what if all my friends go off without me? What if I'm left here all on my own? What if, what if, what if, what if? So stress, an external factor, anxiety, an internal origin. Do many people suffer with anxiety? It tends to make up probably about 60 or, about I'd say probably about 60 or 70% of my, of my caseload. Wow. Anxiety, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the most common thing that I work with. And the reason I've gotten... So knowledgeable about anxiety is because I've had to. <laughs> mm. uh, it, it wasn't something a particular, um, you know, area of interest that I got into, but I started to have to because it was it became so so presenting, and now yeah. I give workshops in stress and anxiety and stuff like that um, because I I just had to I had to learn about this stuff, wow. and and plus my own interest in in neurobiology, you know, the the brain and and, and the body's the body connection and. You know that 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 fascinates me. So so with anxiety, it's triggering that very familiar expression that the majority of people are familiar with: fight or flight. Mm. Um, so anger is the is the fight part of that. So that's where you're faced with a threat, um, and you go into fight or flight mode. Yeah, now this fight or flight mode are the two two parts concerned with mobilization. So when you go into fight or fight, so fight, you need to throw down. You need to fucking start throwing digs. Or flight, which is the anxiety part of get the fuck out of it. Leg it, yeah. Leg it, yeah. Live, mm. live to live to see another day. So that's that's the that's the fight or flight part. That's the mobilization. The other side of that then is immobilization. So that freeze, or faint and faint death. So you know when we so when we hear freeze, that's the rabbit in the headlights. Mm. You know, the, and this is completely. This is coming from a really primitive part of the brain. So, you know, if you're um, you know, if you're walking through the, you know, if we go back to caveman times, if you were walking through the jungle or whatever like that, 
um, you come across, you know, a bear or something like that, you're going to be faced, your body and your brain is very quickly going to snap into that, into that decision of fight, flight, freeze or faint. Mm. So fight, okay, maybe, you know, if you're Fred Flintstone, maybe you got a few of your caveman buddies, you got a few spears, fucking kill the shit out of that bear and and you'll be eating right and you're going to have the fur and you're going to be warm and you're going to have loads of fat and, you know, it's Mm. going to be great. Flight, maybe you're on your own, fucking leg it, get out of there. Unfortunately, you're probably going to die anywhere because bears can run very, very fast. (laughs) (laughs) Which you wouldn't think to look at them, but I I think they can run about 30 miles an hour or something like that. They're really fast. Yeah, so you're, you're basically going to be fucked if you try and flight. Now, you might get away. Uh, if, you pair, if you pair Nike or Max, <laughs> yeah. or as long as you run quicker than the fucker beside you, you're great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You only got to be quicker than the guy slower. Yeah, that's <laughs> let, let him become bear fodder. Uh, so fight or flight. So throw down, stab him, you know, mm. flight, get out or freeze. Don't make a sound. Mm. Don't move. You know, predators will, you know, react to sound, react to, to movement. So you freeze, you go into rabbit in the head, like don't move, mm. faint or faint death. So that's where we go into shutdown, mm. where we can't do anything. And that's, you know, this is where trauma and stuff comes in. Is anxiety something that's left over from caveman times that we don't need anymore, but we, we still use it? Oh, no, no, we, we need it. Oh, we need oh, yeah, it? Yeah, of course anxiety. we do. Yeah, okay. It keeps us safe. It keeps us alive. Uh, and this and this is a huge problem that, that I have with a lot of clients. Um, because we have an aversion, obviously, to anything we don't like. You know, we're we're drawn we're drawn toward things that that we like. You know, people or places, the things that make us happy, and and we want to stay the fuck away from people we don't like and t- places and stuff that we don't like. Mm-hmm. And and people, for anyone that has anxiety, that that feeling of apprehension, that feeling of constant dread, you know, it's a horrible feeling. So so we fight against it. Um, but the the problem with that is, you know, what you resist persists. You know, the more you fight against it, the more energy you're given to it. Yeah. So when I actually say it to, to, to clients, um, you know, your your anxiety is there to protect you. You know, it just might be a little bit overzealous with how okay. it does it. But as far as your brain's concerned, it's like, dude, you're alive. I'm doing my job here. Mm. <laughs> you know, so I'm going to keep doing it because this shit's been working. Yeah. So, you know, keep doing what works. So we do we just have to use our anxiety properly or exercise it properly yeah no that's a lot of people a lot of people that clients will come in and go oh, i was feeling very anxious during the week and you know, i'll say okay well what, you know what, what happened or oh nothing i wasn't doing anything well i'd say well, you know what was going on oh nothing i wasn't wasn't doing anything i was like okay right you, you know mm-hmm. they're looking for an external trigger to it um of oh i got a bollock in work or something like that mm. it's like, well i was just at home and i was like well okay well, what, what were you you know what was going through your mind what was uh, oh, I was thinking about I was thinking about that meeting I haven't worked the next day or um, I knew I was going to get a bollocking off the boss and work so I was like okay here we go so now this is where this is where it comes in um, so it doesn't need an external it doesn't need an external trigger your own mind is enough I, I have a client at the minute and he goes like like I, I, I could like he says I could make myself anxious here now I just need to start thinking <laughs> and, and that's it it's, and yeah. anyone with anxiety is just overthinking can you have a touch of anxiety or is it something that has to be full blown, full on? No, of course you can. Yeah, there's, there's different, there's different levels of it. I mean, you know, and then with the upper part of it then being um, panic attacks. Mm. So, so what is going on in your, in your, in your brain with anxiety? So in your brain, kind of in around, if you were to kind of drill into your, to your temples. Um, so your brain is, comes to two halves and then there's a middle connecting piece called the corpus callosum. 
down the middle, which connects the two brain hemispheres. So your right, the right brain hemisphere uh, controls the left side of the body, and the left brain hemisphere controls the right side of the body. So within each each of those hemispheres, there's what's called a little almond-shaped thing called the amygdala, and this plays a huge a huge part in the fight or flight response. So it's kind of like um, a smoke alarm. If it's anything like the smoke alarm in my house, doesn't give a fuck if the house is burning down or if there's crumbs in the bottom of the toaster. Smoke alarm is going off either way. Mm. And that's the way that that works. And then that, that part of the brain reacts with other parts of of the brain to, to assess to assess the threat. Now, sometimes if, if the anxiety levels might be kind of low, you might be able to talk yourself down of it. And this is where CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, comes in. You can kind of talk your way out of it. You can you can think your way through it. So this is where we're really relying on the, the prefrontal cortex, the, the, the piece of the brain behind your forehead, uh, which is the kind of executive. That's kind of the, the boss of the of the, everything else, you know, assesses every, all the other parts of the brain. Mm. Um, so when you've got low levels of anxiety, you might be able to talk yourself out of it. Um, however, where CBT is more to shite is where you're going into full panic attack and you literally can't think straight. Because you're in pure survival mode. Is an anxiety attack the same thing as a panic attack? Well, I, a feeling of anxiety, whereas a panic attack would be really, you know, hyperventilating, thinking you're literally going to die. Mm. Um, so, so what happens then? So when when we go into that, when we go into the anxious state, um, the fear response gets gets triggered in our brain. So it, it's reacting to a perceived threat. And anxiety, you know. Uh, uh, a, a good way of thinking of anxiety is it's an overestimation of a threat and an underestimation of our ability to deal with it. Mm. So we think something is going to be worse than it is and that we couldn't possibly deal with it. Um, so for, for people, we'll say that might have some anxiety around going into shops or stuff like that. Oh, I couldn't go into that shop. I wouldn't be able to. Um, and this is sort of thing. Something's going to be really bad. And then that they couldn't, they wouldn't be able to manage it, which leads to avoidance. So okay. that's, that's your flight part. So uh, get away from the source of, get away from the source of threat. Now, what happens with that then is you can get into the cycle of anxiety. So you get something which, which triggers your anxiety. And then your brain, your unconscious wants you as stable as possible. So it doesn't want to put you in anything. So as much as you don't want to go near anything that's going to cause us physical discomfort, we also don't want to go near anything that's going to cause us emotional discomfort. So uh, we get we get a trigger for anxiety and we think, oh, it's just best to avoid that. That's, that's the flight part. And that obviously gives us short-term uh, relief. So we're like, oh, that's great. Um, I didn't I didn't do that thing. So uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to feel anxious. You're kicking the I'm can saying. down the road, basically. Absolutely, yeah. So it you just know. leads to long long term anxiety mm. growth. So now it's going to be even worse the next time you have to do it. Yeah. So if you, if you ask a lot of people with anxiety, they're, they're probably es- expert procrastinators until something gets to the point where it has to be done. Okay. And they're probably getting a huge buzz of adrenaline then to help them to help them get through that. So you get you get a trigger for the anxiety. You avoid it. That gives you short term relief. But it actually leads to, to long term anxiety growth. Can we talk panic attacks or mm. anxiety attacks? Because mm. I've heard of people who feel like they're about to die. People mm. who think that they're mm. having heart attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're punching their chest or clawing at their skin. That sounds absolutely horrific. Yeah. You know, and I've heard of people who, you know, they could be out anywhere going for a walk or whatever. And all of a sudden they have to sit down and put their head between their knees mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. whatever has triggered their anxiety has just caused them to, as you say, lock down. Mm. That is absolutely horrific for anybody that has to go through that. Yeah. 
So, so what is going on in that and what, what is going on from that? You know, we, we, we very often think of the mind-body as being two separate things, particularly in Western Western culture, um, you know, two separate entities. But of course, it's all connected by one central nervous mm. system. Um, so what is happening? So we'll say the amygdala triggers something, checks with other parts of the brain to see what's going on. So, for example, if you, you know, if you wake up in the middle of the night and um, you hear a noise downstairs, fight or flight gets triggered in your brain like oh fuck it's three o'clock in the morning I'm mm-hmm. hearing something downstairs um, but then let's say you know check other parts of your brain and go oh maybe uh, the missus after been out drinking oh that's okay you know there's no there's no threat there yeah and then you go oh hang on uh, she normally gets a little bit frisky when she's been out drinking so oh, hey you want to come up here drunk now we're going to get a little bit of a uh, loud <laughs> so that that becomes a different entity Mm. But let's say you wake up in the middle of the night, three o'clock, you hear a noise and you live alone. Mm. Now that's going to be a very different experience because mm. there, there shouldn't be. So it's checking with other parts of the brain. It's checking with memory storage parts of the brain to assess, you know, you're waking up. Oh, Jesus, what's that noise? Fuck, there's someone downstairs. Yeah. As opposed to there's a noise downstairs. Oh, that's the other gobshade after. I know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a different thing. So it, that's the smoke alarm going off. Mm. It's better. It's better to be safe than sorry. Um, so, in order for all of that to happen, and in order to get us ready for fight or flight, so that that signal goes from goes from the brain. Uh, one of the first things it does then sends that signal down your spine, down to your kidneys. So, on top of your kidneys, you've got the adrenal glands, and the adrenal glands then produce adrenaline. So, oh. when we hear about mothers lifting cars off their babies and stuff like that, it's due to that extra boost of superhuman strength. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's there to give us a. It's there to give us a boost. So that we get stressed then, cortisol is a stress hormone, gets pumped through your body. We get the adrenaline pumping, so the heart starts beating faster. So again, if you're fighting or flighting, you need that pump blood pumping around to, mm. the, to, to the extremities. So the heart starts beating faster. You're going to get short, shallow breaths. Oxygen is burned in the body as fuel. So, you know, for anyone that's feeling anxious, uh, you're, not, you're not sitting there taking long, deep, relaxing mm. breaths. You're... <sighs> You're trying to get as much oxygen yeah. in as, as, as fast as possible. Oxygen is burned as fuel. So we need that, you know, to, to, yeah. to power the cells. Um, so heart starts beating faster, short, shallow breaths, sick feeling in the stomach. So that's so people with anxiety will often say, oh, butterfly feelings in my stomach, haven't eaten all day, stuff like that. So that's the digestive system shutting down. Um, so what happens then is the body literally goes, I don't have time to worry about this shit right now. So it drains that blood away from the digestive system and pumps it then around to, to where it's needed. Um, so heart beating faster, short shallow breaths, sick feeling in the stomach, getting the shakes, that's the adrenaline pumping through your body. Uh, the sweats, sweating is the body's way of cooling itself down. So I've seen clients that, uh, you know, will always wear, you know, a zip-up hoodie or a cardigan or something like that because they know if they go in somewhere they're going to be fucking sweating. The anxiety is going to be, the anxiety levels will be high. They're mm. going to start sweating. One of the things that I would look out for with new clients coming in at the intake uh, is a, is an old battered water bottle because uh, they usually have a dry mouth. <laughs> so that's, oh, right. Yeah. So, so they're the, carrying this around. The fluids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they always carry a water bottle wherever they go. Wow. So you, usually, you know, usually when I see someone with a battered water bottle, I'm thinking, fair play to you for, for <laughs> recycling and reusing the <laughs> bottle. But I, then I probably get, as we get talking, I was like, anxiety? Yeah, how did you know? I was mm. like, well, wow. it's your water bottle. 
And how um, is is there any other signs to look out for? Yeah, another one then would be kind of restlessness. So if you see anyone that their leg is constantly twitching, um, stuff like that, constantly shaking, the legs going ninety. That's that's again that's that because what the body is doing is you know get out of there, mm. flight, leg okay. it, get the fuck out of here. So the the legs are usually going ninety. That's that's another thing to to, to watch out for. Constantly fidgeting, constantly agitated. Um, because there's a lot going on inside the body, so mm. the different parts of the brain. So, so the the bottom of the bottom of your brain, um, which which connects to your to your spinal cord. So th- that's what's called generally is is called the reptilian part of the brain. So this this part of the brain then controls the fight or flight response, uh, fight flight or freeze, and then arousal. So basically, your absolute basic animalistic functions. Um, and so for babies, this is really where they operate from. You know, they, they do nothing except, you know, the absolute basics. Mm. Um, and, and this is the part of the brain that has like, you know, that's just there to keep you safe. So avoid harm. So if you move up to the, if you move up to the middle part of the brain then and the limbic system and, what, and the, what's called the mammalian brain. So this is the part that, that, bond, that looks to bond to others, um, deals, deals a lot more with emotion. Um, and then the the upper part again the, the, so what's called the, the neocortex so if you think of a kind of the mohawk part of your brain mm. or the the part of your brain behind the behind the forehead so one thing i would do with when if, if i'm giving a talk on stress or anxiety and stuff and how i would explain the different parts of the brain is i would tell people okay you're going to suffocate yourself and you can see them looking at me going, what the fuck, what, what's this like on the book? So, okay, I want you to hold your breath until you kill yourself. And obviously they can't. <laughs> so the prefrontal cortex, so, the, so the, the thinking part of the brain says, hold your breath there now to, to die. And then the reptilian part of the brain, the very primitive part of the brain goes, fuck that shit. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, and this is, you know, we spoke about this uh, when, we, when we spoke in the, on the episode about suicide. Yeah. Of that, that basic piece to to survive that's been overwritten by yeah, the frontal yeah. cortex yeah 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 so all of this energy goes on so it's kind of like um as as we saw with video games earlier it's kind of like sonic the hedgehog you know you're getting this boost of energy you hold down on the button press a or press b and it'll spin in one spot mm-hmm. what's going on with people with anxiety is they're spinning on the spot so what what happens so a very common, a very common trigger for anxiety for a lot of clients that I would see is uh, waiting in queues. So they they start feeling anxious, and they're you know they're stuck in one spot, and this is the conflict between the, the different parts of the brain. So one part of the brain, the basic, the very primitive part of the brain, is going get the fuck out of here, but the thinking part of the brain is going don't do that. You're going to look like a fucking idiot. Right. And this is the part of the brain that's considered with, uh, that's that that's concerned with social anxiety, and and the fear of judgment. Ah, so is that one of the most common things you will see with people who come to you who suffer with anxiety is fear of social judgment? Yeah, so particularly wow. particularly the teenagers. So much for adolescents is based around um, uh, their peers, uh, and it's all about. You know what what the friends will think, and you know mm. what what people in their class will think. Uh, look, we're 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 social humans or mammals. We're we're social creatures. We evolved in in tribes, um, and our standing in the tribe could could dictate live or die. 
So which is why uh, rejection hurts the brain. So you go back to very primitive times, very tribal times, you know, this and tribes became, you know, it was family and then extended family, you know, and uncles, grandparents, and then communities arose out of the, the combining then of our tribe with other tribes, um, you, you know, within the area. And there was a lot of benefit to that because it kept us alive. So we go back to, you know, being Fred Flintstone, walking through the jungle, you know, we started to be able to learn to think. And when you think, you can plan. So I was like, OK, guys, you go that way. We're going to go this way. We'll do a pincer move and then we can kill this and we'll have we'll have food and stuff like that. Or if you're you're short on supplies and someone else in the tribe has has supplies and, you know, we and we reciprocate. So there's been a lot of benefit to being cooperative species and a lot of a lot of evolutionary um Psychologists would say that that's basically what's gotten humans to be the top of the food chain, our ability to cooperate. You're dealing with an old brain in a new world. You know, so the universe is like you know, 13.7 billion years old. Uh, Earth is about four and a half billion years. Humans split from chimps around six million years. And then the, the modern brain that we know it as is probably about 100,000 years old. So... And then, you know, as Homo sapiens, I think we're what, about 30,000 years old or something like that, 3,000, whatever. But, you know, this this has been going on for a long, 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 long time. And it's mm. been working. And, you know, we used to live then in an, uh, in an immediate return environment, which was, you know, everything was just in the here and now. So, you know, a predator, you know, a predator appears, go into fight or flight, get away and, and your stress is relieved storm appears find shelter stress is relieved no mm. food get food stress is relieved yeah so everything was in the was in the here and now now we live in a, a delayed return environment so now it's you know you work today you get paid on friday you do your big shop on the saturday for mm. food during the week but we're still coming with this with this brain that's that's existed this way for for millions of years mm. and it's and it's worked and with the social anxiety, then it's it's that part with the fear of judgment. What will people think of me? Will I be How kicked I, out of the group? Am, am I going to be, be kicked accepted, out of the group? Yeah. yeah. So uh, as I said, so rejection hurts. So for if you were to stick someone uh, in for a, for a brain scan, um, uh, MRI or whatever like that, uh, I'm not sure MRI or EEG, whichever one to use. And, and subject them to a feeling of rejection or ostracization. The brain lights up to rejection and being ostracized the same way as it does to physical pain. Oh. Rejection literally hurts anyone that's experienced it in a breakup, anyone that's, you know, and for the parents with teenagers that are after having a fight with their friends and they're fucking distraught and they're crying. And the parent is going, oh, Jesus Christ, you just be best friends again next week. For them, for the, for the, for the teenagers, they're literally going through that pain because they're feeling rejected, they're feeling ostracized. Mm. So the only difference is there's no message coming from the central nervous system to say, oh, you just got a kick in the nuts. Yeah. Or you just stubbed your toe or you just stood on a bit of Lego. But your brain is lighting up and reacting to rejection and ostracization. Talk to me about teenagers and social media. Has social media created a whole new level of anxiety? Absolutely, yeah. One of the one of the things I would commonly say to, to to clients is, you know, back in back in the good old days, back in our day, if you were bullied in school, at least you got to go home. Mm, you escaped it. You didn't yeah. have to worry about it until the next morning. Now there's no escape from it. It's constant, 
and it's constantly constantly being judged you know yeah and you see that particularly the the kind of middle and later teens you know they're, they're going out um, they can't wear the same thing you know ma- many teenagers many many adults I know when you were a teenager you had two or three outfits and you just you know recycled it you wore it with, with something different now they can't mm. because there's photographs of fucking everything right so now you're seeing oh you were wearing that last week oh so you oh that da, 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 da. Mm. and they get all of that and then they see all their friends and of course the friends are putting up all the all the selfies and all the all the squad being out on a Saturday night, and you know the other person mm. is sitting in, looking at everyone else out having a great time, and, and this is the problem with social media is that it's all bullshit. Yeah, you know it just it's it's false. It, it creates this. It's all an illusion. You know, so they might be having a fucking great crack on the Saturday night, mm. but what they're not showing is photographs of themselves riddled with anxiety or depressed. Mm. on a Sunday yeah, or crying alone by themselves during the week so when with that comparison piece then and you know when you compare you despair oh they're all out doing this they're out doing that I'm here and I'm no one and I can't do anything it's, it's, it's just constantly fed to them I used to get that every Saturday night that I didn't go out this is before social media I used to get that before be, FOMO fear yeah, of missing before out before FOMO exactly <laughs> before I used FOMO to, was a thing it was a thing I used to sit at home, you know, if, uh, sitting in with a girlfriend with a DVD or something like that or a mm. takeaway and you're going, everybody else in the world is out now having mm. the best mm. time of their life and I'm stuck mm. inside because I've no money to go out. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> what you don't compare yourself to is you don't compare yourself to the guy on his own that has no friends. Exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, if, as you say, if you're sitting in with a girlfriend because you can't afford to go out, you, you know, we never compare ourselves to someone less off. Mm. We always imagine that everyone else is, is living the perfect life yeah, and everything else. Of course is, you do, yeah. Everyone else's life is great. Like social media has added to this um, illusion, I suppose, that everybody yeah. is great and they're doing well. Life is fantastic. I love my kids. Yeah, you're supposed to love your mm. kids. Don't fucking come mm-hmm. on and tell us, you know. Or yeah, yeah, when somebody yeah. checks themselves into a hospital and says nothing, only for someone to come and go, is everything okay, hon? How are you? Yeah. PM me if needs be. Get on to me. I'm so concerned about you. Care yeah, emoji. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, but what's it looking to do? It's looking to elicit attention. Yeah, attention, exactly. You know, it's, it's to feel important. It's to feel like mm. it matter. Uh, to feel seen. And it's funny. You notice a lot of uh, younger people on Facebook that have like 2,500 friends. Mm. I don't know 2,500 people. <laughs> Never mind be friends with them. Jesus uh, Christ. I don't even know if I've met 2,500 <laughs> people in my life. <laughs> Here, here's another one. Uh, I had a, had a young client um, a couple of years ago. Um, and as is very common, for particularly for the teenagers that I see, that tend to live in rural areas, you know, that, that feeds into to how they feel as well. They feel very mm. lonely because their, their towny friends can knock in for each other and they go walking up the town or whatever. But the uh, the ones in the in the country, in the, in the rural areas, obviously, the, you know, they can't get there. They're dependent on their parents to bring them everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I had a... You get the bus a, to town is what it used to be. Yeah. It yeah. used to be described in if, our house. If the bus is gone, if you miss yeah. it, you miss it. Tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's if there's a bus. No, as in you know, you the old pair are going into town. Oh, the <laughs> parents are. Right, yeah. Yeah. So I had, I had a young client anyway. And when we when we got to the source of the problem, it was very much that loneliness and being isolated and living in the middle of nowhere. Um, and, and it came out that they had uh, a cousin that lived nearby, like maybe 10 minute walk, five, 10 minute walk. 
and I had suggested, and the cousin I think was there was about a year in the difference, and I had suggested, well, you know, would you know, if you considered, you know, would you not maybe hang out with your cousin? And they had said, and this is this is so sad. Oh, sure, I wouldn't hang around with them. Sure, sure. If they had put a picture up on Facebook, they'd only get about twenty likes. Jesus Christ! So they're they're choosing loneliness over hanging around someone that might be unpopular for a fear and of, of course, being judged. Of course, the thing now is fear of being judged of hanging Jesus. around with that 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 loner. That is absolutely crazy. They would rather sad, be sad, alone sad than sad state of affairs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How about here's a simple solution. Just don't go on social media. Or is that yeah, an option yeah, for yeah. teenagers nowadays? Well, no, because they're missing out and then you're no one, mm. you know, if you're if you're if you're not interacting. Well what I would what I said to the clients at the start of COVID was just stay off social media. Un unfollow any of the news stuff and like that. Because it was just breeding into the anxiety. Mm. They were riddled with anxiety because it was all the time, it was constant. Yeah. X amount of deaths, X amount of cases. Yeah. You know. You know, the, the media, if it bleeds, it leads. You know, they're only going to give you the, the positive, the negatives. Mm. And our brains have a negativity bias, which is why, you know, if you can't sleep at night and you start thinking about all the bad shit you've ever done in your life, that's your brain trying to protect you. Go, oh, you remember you did that thing? Remember that fucking mm. stupid thing you said in first class when you looked like an idiot? Let's think about that. That's your brain <laughs> trying to go, make sure you don't do that shit again. Yeah. I remember seeing a, it was a video on Facebook and... Uh, Two women chatting in a cafe. One that went, oh, I met a guy. Oh, very good, yeah. Is he on Facebook? No. Is he on Twitter? No. Instagram? No. He's not on social media? No. Must be a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this there's... thing as well, you There's a whole other you know, level of, you know, social judgment. If you're not on yeah, social yeah, media. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's Why just, aren't you? Is problem? And <laughs> one of the... Uh, here's an interesting thing from an evolutionary point of view of why humans are the only ones that can speak. Um, it's due to gossip. What? So as, as communities as communities got bigger, tribes got bigger, we needed to be able to convey who was, who was safe and who was not. And we needed to be able to, um, you know, relay that from a distance or... Stuff like that. So what we started, you know, this is why our vocal cords are so unique and they're, they're uniquely placed in mammals and stuff is because we learn to speak to be able to communicate. And a large part of that was who is safe and who's not and stuff like that. So mm. we're built for gossip, which is wow. why all the gossip magazines sell. Yeah, you know, yeah. Why people love all the gossip shows. You have to answer like, why? Yeah. You know, why are we so obsessed with this? Because it's, well, who's safe, who's not? Who, yeah. Who's important, who's not in the, yeah. in the community. Can you feel a panic attack coming on? As in, could you get up in the morning and go, uh, no, it's not a good day today. I'm going yeah, yeah. to experience something. Or is it the equivalent of looking out the window going, dark clouds, oh, it's going to piss rain today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. many clients I would, I would have would talk about, I just woke up feeling anxious. Mm. And then they're filled with just that um, uh, feeling of dread, apprehension throughout the day and it's not until then the, they might come in to me you know it might be a week later or something like that and we'll kind of break it down and go okay what was going on what was going through your mind what were you what were you worrying about uh, what was coming up and that then they actually get to the to the source of it because mm. very often you know people don't think their way through it because they can't because they're feeling so anxious that's where you come in and then and then I come in and, and I come in with the why 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 what did that mean 
And because it's never it's never what happens to us, but it's how we perceive what happens to us. Mm. Which so I will ask clients, you know, well, what did that mean to you? You know, so someone gets anxious about uh, they said something wrong in work or something, did something wrong, um, and I'll say, okay, well, and what would that mean? What would, what would it mean if you if you made that mistake? Oh well, it would mean then that I'm not very good at my job. And what would that mean? Uh, would it mean I would get fired? And then when you break it down. What what they're getting to then is, okay. a, is a fear of fucking losing the house. Yeah, can't pay the mortgage. <laughs> you know because because they made one down. one mistake. Mm. You know, so when you when you go down to those levels, you know you go you know one level down, one level down, one level down, mm. and you get to the root of it. It's like okay, so you've gone from um, making a mistake in one email to now all of a sudden you're homeless, <laughs> living on the streets. So it's a fear of making a mistake or making the wrong call. Yeah, the fear of making, yeah, the fear mm. of mistake. And then, then your security is removed. Uh, you lose your job. Then you can't pay your mortgage. Then you're going to have nowhere to live. Mm. You know, and it's, it's it's all about that safety. It's all yeah. about that perceived threat and what, what it means to you. Can you cure anxiety or do you have to live yeah, with yeah. it? No, no, you can cure. Oh. I, I've seen people, I've, you know, the, the changes I've seen in clients um, has been incredible. You know, some people, they learn to live with it. But I, I've seen people, I remember one client that used to have a fear of going into shops and stuff like that. And and uh, they were in with me one day and then it's like, it's like, oh, I kind of realized the other day I couldn't remember if I'd gotten bread in the shop. They'd forgot that they'd go to the shop. It, it, they'd gotten so capable and this thing that used to be a huge source of oh, anxiety right. for okay. and panic mm. became just, uh, Jesus, I forgot if I, oh, I, I did go to the shop. An everyday thing, yeah. It just became so so wow. so every day. It just was just as as it is in, in under normal circumstances. How do you get rid of it? Do you have to use CBT, or is there a different way of doing it? Or Mm-mm. no, and see, this is the thing, and you know, and that's the thing. People clients come into me and go, "Oh, CBT, CBT," and it's this you know supposed wonder cure uh, that fucking fix all for everything, and it's not. He said, if you're in a highly stressed state, you can't, you literally can't think your way out of it. So it's like someone that's angry. Has anyone that's been angry ever fucking calmed down by being told to calm down? No. No, that's petrol plus fire. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to wind them up even more. Yeah. (laughs) So when when you can think straight and that that blood is drained away from different parts of the brain and is getting you into fight or flight mode, you, you can't always think your way out of it. Now, what you can do, you know, if you're feeling anxious, is you can say to yourself something like, okay, well, you know, CBT, common CBT, thoughts don't equal facts. You know, I'd say to clients, don't believe everything you think. Um, you know, you can go, okay, I've, you can remind yourself, and this is the, the kind of top-down approach. So when, when, when we spoke earlier about the brain stem, that's the bottom up. Um, and, we'll, and we'll speak about that when we talk about ways to deal with ways to deal with anxiety so you can use your bottom up approach or a top down approach so the top down is you're sort of thinking your way through it using logic using reason uh, using the top part of the brain essentially um, and CBT relies on the, the top down approach being able to think being able to rationalise being able to logic your way through it but if you're in a highly fucking panicked state thinking you're about to have a heart attack <laughs> you're not going you, you know that's, that's not going to work for you yeah I'd, I'd love to definitely uh, another episode we should talk about CBT in more detail mm. Um, mm. but what about what about trying to tackle it head on if you're trying to get rid of your anxiety should you 
avoid situations that make you anxious or should you go straight for them? No, no, because as we spoke earlier about that cycle of anxiety, it just tends to lead to long-term anxiety growth with, um, when you try to avoid it. Ultimately, what you try to do is you just, you know, t- you just baby step it. You know, so if uh, a client has a fear of, I don't know, going, going into shops or something like that, you would, you would work your way up. You know, you try and build yourself up. Uh, and what happens with that then is, well, the brain learns, you know, our brain, based on experience, makes predictions. Um, the brain learns, oh, well, I actually survived that. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm. So when you face it, your brain starts to learn, oh, that was okay. Oh, I might be able to do that again. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, well, actually, it's a little bit uncomfortable, but you know, it's manageable. Mm. And then it becomes, you know, it becomes more manageable. Your brain has to learn that it's safe. And in order to do that, you need to, you need to get yourself out of fight or flight. So when we speak about fight or flight and then we talk about um, faint or faint death, the, the mobilization and immobilization. So your, your, your nervous system. So you've got the, the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight. And then you've got the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the um, faint or faint death. That's the immobilization. So what we need to do when we're feeling anxious is we need to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So if you see anyone that ever get anyone that gets a fright, they go, <gasps> the gasp, mm-hmm. to take a short intake of, of, of breath. So when we breathe in, that activates the sympathetic nervous system. And then when we breathe out, that activates the parasympathetic nervous system. So this is why when we talk about anxiety and, you know, this is stuff we've been telling people for years, take a few deep breaths. We, we've been, we, we know this sort of stuff. And what that does is that activates the parasympathetic nervous system. So the opposite of fight or flight is rest and repair or rest and digest. So when we're in a stressed, anxious state, you know, we hold our body tight. We're, we're, we're literally in our brains looking out for that predator. That obviously isn't out there because it's it's all in our mind. Mm. Whereas when we're in a relaxed state, which is why after someone gets that fright, so someone comes in to give you a fright, you're like, Jesus Christ. And then afterwards, you're like, fuck. Yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. you bastard. <laughs> <sighs> fuck. Anyway, you're not that frightening the bollocks on me. And we're breathing out. <sighs> mm. Threat passed. So a common one for people, um, people that look into their you know, ways to deal with anxiety online. They look at the this kind of four 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 method of breathing. You know, someone uh, I was speaking to a client about it recently, where that's where you breathe in for four, you hold for four, and you you breathe out for four. But really, what you want is you want a longer out breath. So I would I would suggest to people that you know breathe in through your nose for four, hold for four, and breathe out for eight, out through your mouth. Mm. So you need to be sending that that signal to the parasympathetic nervous system that there's no threat so when we're in that relaxed body state then we're better able to we're better able to deal with things would mindfulness be a useful tool to get rid of anxiety because mindfulness now yes, tell me if I'm, if I'm full of shit here but it's the yeah, here and now it's everything that's happening right absolutely. now whether you're yeah, your feet yeah, on yeah. the floor or you can feel a breeze yeah. or you're Ground, smelling air or something techniques okay yeah. yeah and that's that's exactly what it does it brings you back into the here and now so when you focus on your breath you can't breathe in the future. You can't breathe in the past. You can only breathe in the here and now. Mm. So when you focus on your breath, it brings you straight back into the here and now. Yeah, brilliant. Whereas with anxiety, you're living in the future. Okay. Depression tends to be rooted in the past. We tend to get depressed after something's happened and we're ruminating about something that has happened. Anxiety tends to be very future focused. Mm. So for anyone that's anxiety, they're living, well, what if this happens if I go into the shop? What if that happens? What if, what if, what if, what if? 
I was like, well, okay, let's just come back into the here and now. Mm. And usually for any of us, you know, unless you're in physical pain, there's usually nothing wrong with it. That's not coming from your own head. Yeah. Where you're worrying about something that might happen or you're, you're, you're ruminating over something that did happen and you're trying to figure it out. And our brains are fucking fantastic. They're always trying to keep us safe. They're always trying to figure things out, have, nice, have everything nicely pigeonholed away. Mm. So to come back into the here and now, so, so mindfulness is that, you know, awareness of the present moment. And what I, what I would suggest to anyone with, with anxiety is start a meditation practice. The, the changes I've seen in people. Is it the I, same as mindfulness meditation? So, so meditation is a kind of formal practice of it. So when you sit down to, med, you know, you formally sit down to meditate, mm. focus on your breath or, you know, whichever uh, particular meditation you use. Mindfulness then is just a kind of everyday application of it. So, you I mean, you can mindfully walk. You can mindfully listen to music. Okay. So when you're listening to music, you're just listening to music. When you're walking, you're just walking. When you're washing the dishes, you're just washing the dishes. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the everyday application of it, whereas the meditation is the formal sitting down to focus on yeah. the breath or whatever. And what, what the, the research shows now is that um, developing a meditation practice actually helps decrease the size of the amygdala. So that smoke alarm in your brain you can shrink that so you're not in such a hyper-alert or hyper-vigilant state. So absolutely learn wow. to meditate, develop develop a meditation practice. And it's funny you mention that because um, we're very kind of passive people, aren't we? Like, And I'm guilty of it myself. If I'm out mowing the lawn, I have the mm. Bluetooth headphones on, I'm listening to a podcast, mm-hmm. I'm listening to the radio, I'm listening to Spotify or whatever. Mm. Um, if I'm watching telly, chances are I'm scrolling through Facebook or Twitter. You yeah, know, exactly. if I'm driving my car, yeah. I'll always have my uh, my radio on or mm. like that playing a bit of music or you're talking to somebody on the phone mm. through Bluetooth or whatever. We all, it's, it seems like we have to do five or six things at the same time. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. We, we missed the present moment. Mm. You know, and going back to what we spoke about in one of the previous episodes where I had put the... I put the picture of the flower up on the social media and, you know, loads of people were commenting of just getting back in touch with nature. Listening to the birds, smell of the sea breeze, feeling yeah. the wind on your face, Lovely. all of that. Anything that brings you back into the into the present moment when, when we reconnect with our senses. So you spoke about, uh, you know, feeling your feet on the floor. Yeah, straight away you're back in the present moment. Yeah. So another, another common technique for people would be, uh, you know, there's different variations of it. Um, the one I would use would be, um, okay, so three things you can see right now. Uh, okay, laptop, phone, wall. Okay, three things you can smell or three things you can hear. Anything that incorporates the senses. Mm. And this is then the bottom-up approach. Okay. So the, 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 base of this, the base of the brain up. So right, right connecting back in with the, with the senses. So whether that's, you know, listening to relaxing music, um, smell that uh, calms you down. Um, <laughs> I, I, in in all of the lockdown and the and the village opening, so I open. I live in Galair Town. We got Galair Village. I was just waiting for Molten Brown to open. <laughs> so Molten Brown like do nice, smelly stuff, <laughs> hand creams and body lotions. All, all right, that. like I I'm obsessed with with some of their stuff. Like, and I was just I ran out of uh, hand uh, nice nice smelly hand wash and 
uh, hand cream and stuff like that. Mm. And there's sometimes like I'd have that on and I'd just I'd be, I'd be smelling my hand like <laughs> just the smell of it is fantastic. Uh, anyone anyone with molten brown products knows what I'm talking about. Anyone that doesn't thinks I'm a fucking lunatic right now. <laughs> Again, we're still just open on this for particular case, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez, I take I'm a, I'm after spending over fifty euros on a molten brown yesterday, so <laughs> I take molten brown sponsorship any day. But like that, anything that reconnects, so to, so a smell. Mm. Um, and so the reason why smells then provoke such memories. So, you know, you get a smell of something and it just immediately brings you back yeah. to childhood or something like that. So yeah. olfactory part of the brain that deals with smell is located near the hippocampus, which mm. is which is uh, associated with memory storage. So it's only a sort of a short jump between those parts of the brain. Yeah. So when we smell something, they can bring us back. Straight Amazing. away, back to that. <laughs> I um, I went uh, looking for a. I can never get a decent um, like um aftershave or something. You know, I can just never mm. get mm. a good one I like. And I went out and I said, right, I don't care. I'm going to spend whatever, whatever I have to just to get a decent mm. one. And I ended up going back to I don't know who makes uh, Fahrenheit. <laughs> I remember just trying it out in the shop and going, Jesus, I wore this about fifteen years ago, and mm. automatically mm. I'm transported back yeah, to a time yeah, where I used yeah. to. Go out three days a week, get yeah. langers, you know, <laughs> die on the Sunday. I just yeah. have no responsibility, do nothing, mm. work, mm. social life, and that was it. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's yeah. amazing the way like all, say, all the associations, yeah, 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 all those yeah. memories. Yeah, that for me would have been would have been Tommy Hilfiger. That would have been my one back in back in the day. Mm. Now I've got about five different aftershaves. I've got my everyday work one. I've got my <laughs> yeah. everyday when I'm not in work one. I've got my uh, Hugo Boss one for normal sort of meetings or going out, and then I've got my out 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 one, out. which is a uh, one from one from Dubai. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I love the smells, mm, yeah. yeah. And this this is that sensory part of the brain. Yeah. So smelling something like that that might calm you down, that might be relaxing. People talk about lavender and chamomile and stuff like that. Anything which which involves the senses. So feeling something, feeling the grass mm. under your feet. Uh, feeling the dirt in your hands, uh, listening to music, listening to relaxing music, mm. anything like that. I'm paying attention to that. It's just all about bringing you back into the here and now when anxiety has you living in the future. So if somebody's coming into you with anxiety, how do you tell them to deal with it? Yeah, so a couple of different ways. I mean, obviously one of the first things to do is is to recognize the signs early. So if you have difficulty sleeping, you're more irritable, um, if you're drinking a lot more, you know, using, you know, drugs a lot more and particularly with, um, particularly with alcohol. So something that, and it was only something that, that I had learned from experience from clients coming in to tell me is that, you know, after they've been drinking the next day or the next couple of days, the anxiety levels are through the fucking roof. Mm. Um, and as that, you know, so alcohol acts as a sedative, um, uh, helps us to feel more relaxed. And while, you know, you get that kind of calming effect to start with. And this is where um, addictions can can lead. You know, there might be a coping strategy for dealing mm. with anxiety. You have the few drinks to take the edge off. I, I had a client um, last year, young guy, um, and he was in for coke addiction. But the coke had developed out of uh, dealing, trying to deal with social anxiety. So he'd have a little bump on a night out to kind of fit in with the gang, give him that little bit of confidence. Mm. Um, and then obviously the tolerance developed. The next thing, you know, you're snorting coke at four o'clock in the kitchen on your own like 
Uh, but originally what it started of was to, was to deal with the anxiety. Um, so watch watch the alcohol intake, watch the drug use, um, because as the, as the alcohol leaves your system, then the anxiety levels start to come back. And then what do you do to try and deal with that? You drink more and round mm-hmm. and round, yeah. uh, round and round the circle. Uh, watch out for the caffeine, reduce your caffeine intake, liquid anxiety basically. Um, always, and what I'd always say, just take care of the basics, get enough sleep, healthy diet, watch the caffeine, watch the alcohol. Um, sometimes, you know, for people that obviously said you're getting that internal boost in your body, burning it off. So going for a walk, you know, your body is mobilizing you, mm. but you're not doing anything. You know, you're sitting there, you're, you're passive. So, you know, doing something. And I think this is, and uh, I think we mentioned it in the lockdown episode of everyone cleaning out the house and cleaning out the skips. You're mm. burning off that anxious energy. You're yeah. burning it off. So going for a walk, Doing exercise, sit ups, jump up, anything that anything that's going to burn that that's going to burn that energy off. Mm. Um, uh, get a hobby, get a creative hobby. You know, drawing, coloring, journaling, anything that 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 that'll help you to to express it. Um, and talk to your friends. You know, reach out, reach out to friends. But, but I would say probably my number one my number one tip would be get a meditation practice. Start a meditation practice. Look, I mean, there's thousands of apps. Yeah, you can get to help. The one I would normally recommend to people is one called Inside Timer. So it's loads of guided, uh, guided meditations on it. Um, I I know myself not 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 through anxiety, but I know myself uh, the kind of the transformative powers of meditation. I I meditate every day, um, and it's you know it's really helped to. to How long to do you meditate for? Life. Um, depending, but uh, depends. Uh, so I meditate first thing in the morning. Uh, so it could be anything from ten minutes to to half an hour, depending on what time I wake up or what I have on what I have on that day. Um, and you know, has and now you know, and the reason why mindfulness then sort of took off as the buzzword after CBT, you know, and all the mindful coloring in books, and uh, because. The, the colouring books work because the, the patterns are so intricate and detailed that you really have to focus on what you're colouring in. Um, and when you're doing that, you know, you're not thinking about something else. Okay. You're just focused on trying to colour in between the lines. Mm. Um, so, so number one, number one tip would be um, start a meditation practice. And mm. after that, I would say biggest thing, go to therapy, speak to a speech professional address the the underlying thoughts behind the anxiety so that that client that i had mentioned that used to have the fear of going into shops she gave me a brilliant one and again i told her i'm going to rob it she she had gone for all the cbt uh, she had gone to a therapist who had actually fucking made it worse um told her some very unhelpful things which which did not help um and came in and so as i was i was addressing the root cause of the anxiety she 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 likened the CBT. She got, as opposed to what I was doing. She said, "Well, it's like trying to mop up the floor when the tap is still running. You know, you have to turn it off at the source. Mm. So get to the underlying, and, and it's not going to be something you're aware of. It's probably something highly out of your conscious mind. But when you can address that, when you go to therapy, when you talk about it, you get to the source of it. Uh, a male client." Um, you know, men men are, you know, if you call it fight or flight, men are obviously the fight part, traditionally, uh, the anger part. Um, but very often, that anger is actually coming from a place of anxiety. And mm. one, one client came in, present an issue was anger, um, and then when we get into it, uh, riddled with anxiety. 
And as we started talking about, he goes, Jesus Christ, you're both my parents. My sister's the same. Never even realised. Wow. This, this, this individual then started a meditation practice and completely transformed his life. Oh yeah, every day, every day, half an hour there. Might do an hour at the weekend. Oh, clears my head. Fucking brilliant. Best brilliant. thing I've ever done. So he was coming in, as he said, riddled with anxiety. Mm. Started the meditation practice, addressed what was going on underneath it all. And, you know, anxiety gone. Then. If you don't treat anxiety, what might happen or what might that lead to? Well, not until something changes, nothing changes. You have to do something about it. You know, so if you're... Your anxiety is keeping you awake at night. You know, well, there's there's your insomnia, mm-hmm. uh, the lack of sleep, and the impact that has on our mental health. Um, the the physical the, the physical toll that that stress and anxiety takes on the body. Then, um, so headaches um, with the with the digestive system shutting down, heartburn, insomnia weakens your immune system. So fight mm-hmm. or flight when we're in that stress state. We're not going into, as I mentioned earlier, with the parasympathetic nervous system. We're not going into rest and repair. So your immune system tends to be tends to be weaker. Uh, risk of heart attack, obviously, because your heart is thumping away the mm. whole time. Uh, fertility problems, erectile dysfunction, when you're stressed, when you're anxious. You know, all of this kind of stuff mm. has a huge impact on our body. Um, and if you've got a risk of a heart attack, then... How many years? Yeah. How many years have you got left because you're not dealing with your anxiety or you're not dealing with you're not dealing with the stress. So your psychological issues will eventually become physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 um mm. you know, we're, as I said, there's no there's no difference between the mind body. Yeah. You know, what you think you become. So what do we do? We need to focus on C B T, mindfulness, meditation, get to the root of the problem. And mm. speak to a professional. Yeah. Mm. That would be the number one, the number one, top top of the list anyway. Uh, to get anything that grounds you, anything that brings you back into the present moment, listen to relaxing music, um, relaxing smells, plugging plugging Molten Brown, where we're still available for sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything, anything that gets you in. And this is the gardening, this is the people connecting with mm. nature, grounds you. Listen to the birds singing, feeling the grass under your feet, feeling the dirt in your fingers, anything that's going to help you come back into the present moment mm. and get you living out of the future where we're in anxiety as you're living in your head. Um, you mentioned meditation there. Uh, the only mm. time I've ever done meditation was in secondary school. We did it in religion class. I don't know how it ended yeah, up yeah, in yeah, religion class. Yeah, we definitely weren't fucking doing no. meditation in religion class. We were <laughs> now, doing religion in religion class. Now, this was <laughs> this was a, a paragraph, you know, but there was always like yeah, yeah, lads yeah. chatting around the school. Did you do, did you do meditation? Yeah, did you? Fucking mm, great. Mm, you mm. get to sleep for 45 minutes. And that's all you do, you know? You put your head down on the desk yeah, and go, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And then you wake up and you have the pattern of your school jumper across your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. since then, is good mental health practice taught in schools now? I think I think they're more aware of it. Yeah, there definitely is. Um, I can't. There is a subject where they sort of deal with it. Um, oh, people, people can can email can email us in or message us in to remind us of the name of it. But it tends to be covered under that. I think kind of what used to be for us civics class. Oh yeah, the, the kind of CSP the, the kind of have it kind. Of, that that might be it, yeah, yeah, mm. something like that comes under that kind of thing. 
Um, and I think I think there's more awareness of it, uh, more awareness around it now in the schools because obviously the schools are mm. libelous and there's bullying and they don't do anything about it. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, but I think there, there's definitely more awareness of it. Right, let's leave it there. Uh, Hope you like what you heard. If so, give us a rating, subscribe, leave a comment, or if you think someone you know would benefit from this podcast, then by all means, share it with them. Or stick it on your social media as well, because it could make a big, big difference in their lives. Of course, we'd love to hear from you as well, if there's anything you would like us to cover or discuss. Uh, If you've got a story to tell, we would love to hear from you. So you can get in touch by email, straighttalkingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at str 8 Talking Pod. We're on Facebook as well. We're on Instagram. You can follow the hashtag STMH. Big shout out to Fiona Bryan for the podcast music. Did you hear it? It's a fantastic piece of music. This dude is amazing. I taught him everything he knows. <laughs> He'll hate me saying that because <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> but I'm taking credit for it, and he's I know this guy is absolutely brilliant. Check him out on Facebook at FOB Beats Singer Rapper. Whatever the hell you are, get in touch with that guy. He's absolutely fan. Fantastic. Um, Dude, we normally leave the last word with you for an alternative inspirational Mm. quote. Can I go for one this week? Absolutely. Oh, brilliant. Take the pressure off me. Go for it, man. You can go for them all every week. (laughs) (laughs) Because I never planned them. (laughs) I probably should write down stuff. No, I never do. It's just like, okay, kind of, you know, whatever comes out of the episode. Mm. Um, But yeah, absolutely. Go for it, Bert. A good one came to me there because, um, as I was saying earlier, I work on radio, I work in production, and one of the things I do is I make adverts for radio. And uh, a guy came in to me who uh, was a client, and he wanted a voice-his-own ad, only he was brutal at voice and ads. <laughs> so um, trying to be gentle with him because he spent a lot of mm. money. He's spending a few quid. Mm. So, um, you know, he said, look, it's not working out it doesn't sound great it's like I'm not able to paint so I wouldn't paint your shop Mm -hmm. because if I do I'll make a balls of it and people will go that shop must be crap so Mm -hmm. what he did was he went away he practiced 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 very hard he even joined um, uh, what you call that crowd for public speaking Toastmasters Toastmasters that's the one yeah he even joined Mm -hmm. Toastmasters he worked so hard and he came in to me one day and he said, Peter, I'd like to give it another go. Now, this guy, he's a lovely man. I've mm, great mm, time mm. for him. And I said, yeah, yeah, look, give it a bash. So I sent him in the little booth that we record mm. people in. He went in and he did it in one take. Yes. One take. <laughs> now, he's a very, he's a nice guy. He's just one of the, yeah. the world's genuine people. Mm. And he came out after the one take and I said, that was fantastic. And he just looked at me and went, Peter, never let the bastards win. And walk out the door. <laughs> Boom. So there you oh, go. There, there's a mic dropper. Yeah. There you go. That's this week's <laughs> alternative inspirational quote. <laughs> Never let the bastards win. <laughs> Street talk. Mental health. Street talk. Mental health. Street talk. Mental health.